York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show. Here, give me that Knicks talk just in the Nick of Time. And it's time to talk about another Knicks loss. The Knicks lose to the Dirty Birds, the Hawks 139 to 124. And so let's take a look at that back, the box score. All right. Looking at the box score. We have Julius Randle, who gives you 32 points, nine rebounds, and six assists on a night. RJ Barrett gives you 23 points. Jericho Sins kicks in with 12. Brunson gives you 19 and nine. And Emmanuel quickly give you 11. The bench gives you a little bit more um today than usual, but the Knicks were without Mitchell Robinson, who will be out for three weeks and we felt it and we lose the rebounding battle 34 to 39 and fall to the hawks hawks uh trey young and dejounte murray pretty much tag teamed us all night 27 points from trey young and 29 from the dejounte murray and the knicks lose to the dirty birds and the lollipop head and we're going to talk about it all. All right. Uh, before we talk about it, please hit the like button and the subscribe button. Um, if you're here talking Knicks with us right now, after a two game losing streak, you are a real Knicks fan. Congratulations to you. You can be anywhere, but you're here with the KOT show. So shout out to you guys. All right. So hit that like button. Newcomers hit the subscribe button so we can get the 10K. And also shout out to FUBU TV. If you go to FUBUTV.com slash KOT, um, you get to watch the Knicks for free for seven days. And you can choose to actually buy FUBU TV. And if you do, um, you get to watch the Knicks and other cable channels and other sports channels as well. And there's no subscription, subscription so you can cancel it whenever you want. Okay. Now let's get to it. I'm going to introduce you to my guys. You already know what this is, right? First and foremost is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building, and I definitely got a couple of things to say tonight. All right. And also, we have the Latin assassin here today with the fresh cut. All right. That's he's like, no hat today. I got to show off the fresh cut. Let's you know go. <laughs> Posting and toasting contributor, ESPN contributor, Deadspin contributor, SNY contributor, my man Lee Escobedo. What's going on, Lee? Really happy to be back, man. I had some uh, family engagements. Uh, one of my very good friends uh, unfortunately passed away. I had to deal with all that. So I miss. I, I didn't even get the chance to watch the last two games, but I did catch the recap. With my morning coffee, loved hearing you guys talk. I, I can't name another Knicks content duo that has better chemistry than you two guys. So it's always an honor to join you and be able to talk Knicks. And ladies and gentlemen, the Fire Tibbs train is back tonight in full swing. <laughs> Let's get this party started, baby. Let's go. Uh, here we go with the train. Pause the brakes on the train, conductor. Pause the brakes, okay? <laughs> I'm going to start off by saying this. 
never want to hear nothing else about Mitchell Robinson ever again this season. I'm sorry. Great. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Great. I don't want to hear it. I don't know. He doesn't have enough offense. Oh, he's not doing enough. He when Mitch is not here, this team fall the pieces. I want you to backtrack and think about the timeline of the losses and the timeline of the wins. Back when we were struggling. There's a lot of similar things that were happening. One of them, when we were struggling before that eight-game winning streak, was Mitch wasn't in the lineup. It was Hartenstein and Sims. And, and, and you know, I'm not really saying Sims is, a, Sims is still young, but Mitch is a huge part of what we do yep. here. Highest net rating on the team. You already heard me say it a few times. We are bottom half in the league in three-point shooting bottom half in the league in field goal shooting yet top 10 top 10 in offense and defense number one in second chance points largely because of mitchell robinson and when he is not here all that falls apart the combination of mitch and grimes together holds this team down and it, it's really a very important part of the team. So I don't I don't want to hear no Mitch slander for the rest of the season. Shut up. Shut up about Mitch. I don't care. <laughs> Get well, Mitch. It sucks that you're gone. Uh, I know people talk about him being injury prone. An uh, injury like that with his finger is, is a freak injury. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I Get well, Mitch. The Knicks are going to have to figure out how to stay afloat without him. I don't think Hardenstein's in the an is the answer. We're going to have to throw Sims in the fire and hope that motherfucker swims. All right, he 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 he, he it's, it's all on Sims now. He needs to grow before our eyes for this thing to have a chance. And I don't know who wants to go next, but I'm starting off with that. Yeah, I'm going to go next because I got some things to get off my chest. Okay, so number one, I don't think I've seen Grimes cook this bad in a game yet. Trey Young yeah. cooked that man tonight. Cooked him. He went deep in his bag and cooked him. That's number one. Number two, okay, Mitch goes out, right? The guy who backs up Mitch doesn't start. Instead, it's Sims that starts. The minute distribution. Sims plays 28 minutes. Hardesty plays 16 minutes. What does that tell me? That tells me Fibs knows, knows Sims is more effective. Yet, when Mitch is healthy, he decides to play Hardenstein over Sims. How the hell does that make sense? It's the front office. They prompt. They promised, I told y'all guys months ago, they promised Hartenstein a role. That's why he's here in the first place. That's why he's playing minutes. They don't want to go back on their word, which is why I keep telling you guys, when you see all these Hartenstein minutes, I don't blame Tibbs. I blame the front office and, I, and I'm telling you, they're saying, okay, if you come here and sign for 9 million, you're going to have a role. They have one year to see what he does. And that man is either going to be shipped 
or he's going to be reduced to Evan Fournier's status on the bench. I'm telling you, that's what's happening. Yes, and now I'm going to get to the third thing that I'm going to say, and JLS already pretty much said it. Okay, first and foremost, the Hawk, the Knicks gave up 139 points tonight. Do you think if Mitch played tonight, the Knicks would give up 139 points? Hell no. Hell no. To the no, no. Okay. Here's another thing, too. So this is a stat that I looked up today because I, I tweeted it on Twitter when I first started the game, and I saw the Hawks just getting into the paint and just doing whatever the hell they wanted to paint. No resistance whatsoever. The Knicks average points in the paint per game. Knicks is second in the league opponents' points per game in the paint. Mm. Knicks give up on average 44 points a game. Mm. And that's with Mitch in the middle of the paint. You know how many points the Knicks gave up in the paint tonight? 62. Mm. 62 points in the paint. Bruh. The Knicks were out-rebounded on the offensive board tonight by the Hawks. The Hawks killed them with second-chance points. Do you think that would be the case if Mitch was playing tonight? Hell no. No, no, no. <laughs> so here is my point. All these people talking about, oh, we want KP back. We, we have the nostalgia. We want KP back. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> This game proves tonight, and like JLS said earlier in the season two when the Knicks were on their loser streak, that coincided with Mitch not being in the lineup. This shows that man is, is very important to the Knicks on defense. Do the Knicks need to stretch big? They do, but not as a starter, as a backup. If you bring KP here, he's going to have to start, and then Mitch goes to the bench. And then with the defense you see tonight from the starting lineup, that's the defense you're going to see on a regular. Regular. On a regular. Put respect on Mitch's name. Please. <laughs> the Knicks' need is not really a big that shoots threes. It would be nice to have, but that's not the main need. The main need for the Knicks is that it is an athletic wing that can play defense and score. That is the Knicks' main need. Mitch is not the issue. We don't need to replace Mitch in the middle. Nope. He's essential to the Knicks' defensive integrity. When he's gone, the Knicks do not play good defense. Painfully obvious. And uh, I gotta say, hold your butt cheeks, guys, because it's gonna get rough. We got a few games coming up against some contenders without the leading net rating guy on our team uh, and the guy who who stops the bleeding. Um, I'm still praying that Simpson gets together and and we throwing him in the pool. We starting him. I'm hoping he learns. I'm hoping he learns on a fly to to ascend to the next level. But uh, I agree. Put some respect on that man's name, man. Put some respect on Mitch's name. We got smacked by the Hawks in the playoffs because Mitch wasn't gone. Was gone. It 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 was a conga line. All right. We got smacked tonight for the same reason. Put respect on his name. Go ahead, Lee. I am so happy to be back. I wish it wasn't on a night where. We got smacked by the Atlanta Hawks, probably our biggest nemesis in the NBA. But I want to apologize in advance <laughs> to Stan and Ron, and who are always in the comments. Here we go again. Yeah, here we go again. 
This man, Tom Thibodeau, needs to be fired. And he won't be fired. He is not going to be fired. He's going to live out his entire contract as his best friend and his big daddy as his boss. And he's not the opposite too bad to fire him. But he needs to be he needs to be fired. He will not, but he needs to. I agree 100 percent what you said about Mitch, both of y'all. You're absolutely right. Isaiah Hardenstein is not him. He, he's not anything. He needs to go. That's for damn sure. I thought Jericho Sims played really well tonight. Not on defense, but on offense. I thought he played really well. I thought he was a really significant lob threat. He had on, on offense, yes. He was he had a solid 12 points, career high, eight rebounds. He got cooked in the paint because of a defensive schemes that Tibbs draws up. He's not Mitch. Cannot guard the paint. That they had Sims and Hartenstein that drop coverage while DeJounte Murray is burning them in the mid-range over and over. I might I am an amateur analyst. How do I see something that a man who's been a professional head coach for 15 years can't see and can't change? I also got to push back against your, your narrative, Jay Ellis. You're telling me a 65-year-old head coach, two-time coach of the year, is taking straight orders from a first-time front office GM or executive, sorry, to play somebody minutes. No, I think Tibbs run his own team. That's what Rose has said. No one is pushing uh, Tibbs to play Hartenstein. That is a Tibbs decision, and it's the wrong decision. And the situation that Ryan described is correct. Why would you take someone who's not playing to starting and playing double the minutes of Hartenstein when your main guy's out? It tells you Tibbs knows. He's trying to make Hartenstein work, and it's not working. You can't fit a square peg into a round hole. But we have a man whose absolute stubbornness does that on so many occasions for so many different things. He is not going anywhere. That does not mean he should not be fired. Those are two different things. That's going to be the trend. I'm back, y'all. Hate on me. Burn me in the comments. I don't give a damn. I'm here. I'm here to stay. (laughs) Buy your tips now. (laughs) Welcome back, Lee. (laughs) Welcome back. I know Fritz has my back. Yeah, Fritz is be going off on Twitter. I don't know, I, man. I still stand, man. I, I still feel like it's a Tibbs move. It's, it's a front office move. I think it's a front office move for real. I, I, I still think it, it is. Because every metric says Sims is better. And he starts today. And when he does play with Hartenstein, he gets more minutes. So Tibbs sees it. He definitely sees it. I still think it's a front office. We gave this man money, so we have to try him out type of move. And then he's gonna be moved in, in in a later a later day. That's that's the way I see it. That's just the way I see it. the drop coverage thing is definitely abysmal. I sometimes I sometimes come are are, are confused if it's a scheme thing or a tips thing because I still remember when Nerlens Noel was here last season. And we was matched up with the Hawks in the playoffs. Nerlens Noel was the only one who didn't play drop um, in the playoffs when it came to the bigs. And when he was able to step up and cut off the, um, Trey Young um, at that point of attack at that screen and not allow him to, to turn the corner, the corner, he was able to stop him. Which is why I, ch- I kind of question: Is this a tips thing? Or if this is just bad habit, you know what I mean. So I'm, I don't know what that's about. I know the drop has to stop for sure. Um, on the, uh, the flip side of the ball, though, I want I want to I want to transition from offense to defense. 
today was a very interesting offensively flowed game struggled to make assists the game before tom thibodeau was questioned about the offense being iso heavy last post game and he was like iso heavy we, we were not iso heavy and then you look at the stats and it's like knicks are number one in iso uh offensive sets ran and, and <laughs> long behold you look at the game today we have 14 assists in the first half and i'm like okay something clicked because i'm looking at the first half and i'm going we're moving the ball more we're moving off we, we're i feel like we saw a different sets more off ball movement but at the end of the day defense didn't really uh rise to the occasion but if we're going to talk about positives i do like some of the offensive stuff that happened but, but overall i didn't like what i saw today um what do you guys have to say about that i'll start with ryan since lee just finished uh spewing <laughs> yeah i mean offense definitely wasn't the issue for the knicks today i mean the knicks scored enough points to win the game the knicks lost the game on defense they just couldn't they couldn't stop a nosebleed you know, so offense, but offensively, yeah, they did move the ball. They did move the ball around a bit more. There was definitely balanced scoring. I think, I think the whole Knicks starting five had over double digits. So there was definitely balanced scoring within the offense. There was definitely more passing, definitely more ball movement, which I did appreciate today compared to the Knicks' previous games. You know, but like I said, offense scored enough to win the game. It's just that they defensively they couldn't stop anybody, and that's why they lost. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, I thought the offense, I mean, th there was a bright spot. It was that, especially in the first half. I loved the way R.J. Barrett attacked yes. the basket. I think him and IQ are picking up Brunson's, like, it's not even a unique trait. It's just, like, simple. Keep your head up. Uh, both of them are starting to, like, keep their head up when they're driving the basket so they have a better sense of awareness of where defenders are, where they're moving, and how they have to change their body and position to get to the hoop with the straightest – line of, of storing right, for the highest percentage shot quickly has also stepped up his floater where mm -hmm. he's getting close to the basket before he releases that's helping for higher percentage shots he's getting to his bag quicker it's also hurting the defense being able to stop him and stay in front of him so that that gives some better options to be able to shoot from three rj as well both of them had decent nights in the first half shooting from three like the different ways that rj was hitting from three too some catch and shoot some yeah. he was cobbling up up near turnover and was able to pull up for a solid three in the right corner so rj showed me one of his better all-around offensive games um and randall there were moments where randall was absolutely unstoppable yeah uh, i'm i'm still on you know i'm still on the randall train not hopping off i thought there was a little bit of ball hoggery but uh, some of that is enabled by brunson who is allowing him to be a ball hog and not order straining the offense and running sets that inquire ball movement but just getting into these isolation situations but then that's being enabled by tibbs so just as i just it's this toxic like enablement from coach to point guard to the rest of the roster, where guys had frozen out of the offense and did limited touches. Obi did limited touches. Grimes did limited touches. I would love to see an offense that has a little bit more fluidity and creativity. And I, I think you, I think you get Tibbs uh, uh, a lot of defense, man. I think you're not giving him the responsibility he does. That drop coverage is coming from him. That those are his teams. It's been his teams in Minnesota. Those were his teams in Chicago. That's a Tibbs thing, and Tibbs needs to be held accountable for running an outdated defense. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's all I'm about to say. I I sat here. You know what? Old school KOT. Go back. 
and watch Knicks Hawks playoffs. We we break down the games Knicks Hawks playoffs. And so when we talk about drop coverage and pick and roll coverage, very familiar with the Hawks pick and roll coverage and what was working and what wasn't. And I talked about Nerlings the World specifically being the only one who's able to not drop on that coverage and Julie and how the Hawks were hunting Julius Randle because he kept dropping. Um, so that's why that's why I say I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So because I've seen it from one player, but I haven't seen it from another. That, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I've seen it from kids his whole career. That, that I mean, that's just that's part of his go-to move I've, on defense. I, I've Protective. seen it differently in it. I've seen it differently in a Knicks uniform during the playoffs when we played the Hawks. It's depending on who was playing. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Like Sims, specifically, his feet are quick enough not to play drop coverage. I can, I feel like he can be upgraded over Noel easily. I agree. So I agree. Um, Hartenstein, I refuse to believe Hartenstein is just has to play. Like there was a point where Hartenstein's man sets a pick. His man is behind the three point line, so you have two players. Hartenstein's man and DeJounte Murray, both above the foul line, and Harton is driving all the way back. There's there's nobody to protect the lob from Hart. There's nobody back there. Like step the step up. But I don't know. All right, I digress. I digress. Yeah, Offensively, and- though. When Randall goes off, I don't mind a certain amount of ISO. When a player is hot, I don't mind it. In the playoffs, I feel like a lot of playoffs are hunting mismatches and going with ISOs. At the same time, I do see we need, definitely need to vary the offense a lot more outside of pick and roll Brunson or pick and roll with Brunson Randall. We definitely need to vary the offense for sure. There's been a. There's been a discussion going on with Knicks Nation. It started a long time ago and is resurfacing now where people are blaming Brunson for not passing the ball a huge chunk. I want to get into that a little bit. Today, not as much the case. 19 points, 9 assists. You take you take 2010 any day, right? Um, but overall, when you look at the way Brunson is playing, do you see the the lack of assist as a big issue, medium issue, small issue from Brunson? Like, how do you guys see it? And I'll start off with Lee. It's definitely an issue. I think he's got major ball hawk tendencies. Not to say that he's not a great signing. I just in the last couple of episodes that I've been here, I've been trying to have more of a space, carve out time to talk about his deficiencies and the negatives, so that we have a balanced opinion and a back and forth on all players and people affiliated with the organization so we don't pick and choose who we want to criticize and who we want to make up for when it's convenient. And I think Brunson has been – his ball hall tendencies have hurt this team. I, I, I'm not going to go as far as say that he's stat padding or that it's on purpose or he has favoritism for certain players that he wants to get active. But I do think that in his opinion, the best means of them scoring points, keeping a lead, sustaining a lead, is by him going off and him going mm-hmm. to the driver's seat 
and, and getting to the mid range and getting to his spots under the basket and pulling up from three in order for us to win the game. That's in his mentality. I also think it's a lack of direction from a coach that's a too much trust on Brunson to give him a tease and do everything. And he doesn't always make the best decision making because he's a guy who hasn't really ran an offense before. He was a second fiddle in Dallas. He's never ran a team by himself. He's done it in spurts when Luca's been injured. He did it in the Utah series when Luca was out, but he has not done an A2 game season. As a lead initiator on offense, the focal point, the point of attack, he's never done that before. So I think it's a learning curve for him as well. I think that'll clean up. If we got a better offensive coordinator on this team, or, I mean, let's prayers up a new coach, I think that Brunson could be utilized to, to his best full potential. But right now, again, it's enabling. We don't have a coach who's given him any instruction, so he's just going to what he knows, and what he knows is to cook defenders, to seek them out, hunt them out on defense, and just go to work. Yeah, um, yeah, basically Lee said it right there. I mean, Brunson's basically doing what he did in Dallas. Like, he wasn't, he was an ISO heavy player. He took players one on one and he scored at them. Like, that's basically what he did in Dallas. He's having the same playing style here in New York. Um, would I like for him to pass the ball more? Of course. You know, of course I would love for him to look for his teammates more. You know, but sometimes Brunson gets away with the ISO heavy play because a lot of times he's scoring the ball. You know, so, you know, and, and he, then on top of that, he shoots an efficient percentage as well. So it's not even like he takes a bunch of bad shots and and he's breaking them. Like, he, like he, yeah, he might play ISO ball, but a lot of times he takes good shots. So it's hard to really gag. So it's hard to really get on him sometimes when he goes ISO heavy. But sometimes it's like, and like I mentioned this before, because when players play with a player who's ISO heavy, a lot of times they just stand still on offense because they're not expecting the ball. So, you know, in a way, ISO heavy plays affect movement on the offense. And if you want to get guys into the game, like, you know, if you want to get Grimes into the game, if you want to get guys like, you know, we've been complaining about Obi's play lately, but if you want to get guys like Obi into the game and stuff like that, you have to move the ball around. Those guys are not effective in an ISO heavy offense. So... You know, would we like more creativity on offense where there's more ball movement and more player movement so other guys can get involved and actually con- and actually contribute? Yeah, but like I said, at the same time, it's like when Brunson goes ISO, most of the time he's taking good shots and most of the time he's hitting them. So it's hard to really, you know, argue with him being ISO heavy. But, yeah, I would love, I would love for Brunson to, you know, incorporate his teammates more in his play. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, there's certain games, right? Like, the Raptor game is a good example where he was going ISO and it wasn't really working. Those are the type of games where I want him to kind of figure out more of that balance of I'm driving and kicking this game. Also, um, I kind of argued this on Twitter. You have to be able to cut with Jalen Brunson. You have to be able to move off the ball with Brunson. Nine times out of 10, if you cut to the basket while Brunson has the ball, He's going to find you and 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 give you a layup or an alley or something. I've seen him give the ball to RJ Barrett cutting, to Julius Randle cutting multiple times. I thought they was actually finding some type of synergy right before RJ Barrett got injured of how to work with the ISOs versus the off-ball movement altogether. And then RJ went down, and I feel like they kind of have to recalibrate a little bit. But, like, for me... um. I do wish he would pass a little bit, but to me, it's not a huge problem because like Ryan G said, he's so damn efficient. 
but I, I kind of feel like the, the responsibility is shared here. You know what I mean? We One of Tibbs' shortcomings is his offensive rigidity and his lack of creativity. Um, Jalen Brunson covers that deficiency a lot because he's so good at ISO. Um, and the other guys, to make up for that, they have to kind of cut off the ball more. Um, so I don't really put all the eggs on the 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 Brunson basket of it's all his fault. Um, also, like to contrast the Raptors game, if, when you look at the Bucks game, right? The Bucks game, Julius Randle was struggling from three, missing open threes. R.J. Barrett was struggling from three, miss oh missing open threes. Grimes, he was okay. I feel like Brimes was was, was kind of hitting that was hitting that game, and the Mitchell Robinson is not going like, to hit nothing, right? So when you look at a game like that. Brunson is going off in the first quarter. He's doing it all. When he's going all off on ISO mode in quarters like that, when nobody else can hit the broad side of a barn, missing wide open threes, I don't really crucify him when he takes over a game like that because at that point. You don't have a choice. Julius Randle was in some in his you know AOL dial-up mode that game, where he didn't know what to do with the ball when he got it in his hands. He was like moving in slow motion. It was like, bro, wake up, wake up. But you know, maybe he was fatigued or whatever. But games like that, I can see it different. But I don't really blame Brunson. But eventually, when for us to descend to the next level. We still need some more offensive creativity. I still want to see Grimes get more sets off ball movement. I still want to see sets that don't involve ISO in general in the future. I don't know if Tibbs is that coach. I don't think he is. But that's why, I don't know, to me, I don't really put all the blame on Brunson because of all those factors. You know what I mean? It's working. He's efficient. Tibbs is not a creative coach. And to me, he kind of picks and chooses when he does it, depending on what the team is doing offensively. Yeah, and I just want to jump in right quick because I just got an alert on Twitter and I just want to, like, you know, say this right quick. So Fred Katz just posted, so Tom Thibodeau was asked a question about starting Jericho Sims. This is what he said. I feel good about both guys. Part of it was to try to keep some rhythm with the second unit. It obviously in some ways didn't work out because of the foul trouble Quinton had. Then he went on to say on why Sims played more rotation minutes than Hart with Robinson out. He says, just the way it is. Part of it, you want both groups to function well. What gives us the best chance to win? It may change based on matchups. We just liked the way that was going to flow for us. I just want to make a comment about this right quick because <laughs> Tibbs out here think we stupid. So, okay, if, if if him wanted to keep the integrity of the second unit intact with putting Sims in the starting lineup and having Hart still come off the bench, if that was the case, when RJ went out, quickly would have still been on the bench because we're quickly going into the starting lineup that affects the integrity of the bench because now you don't have nobody on the damn bench that could score when quickly's in the starting lineup. Wouldn't wouldn't Dips move Rose into the starting lineup or maybe move Cam into the starting lineup or somebody like that if he wanted to keep integrity of the second unit in check? Ryan G, he's not going to say 
Hartenstein is a bad basketball player. <laughs> That's why he saves his play more minutes. He's not going to publicly say that. I know it's not gonna public see. I know it's not gonna publicly say, but I just find it funny because I'm like, we 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 know things is BSing right now because I'm like, come on, man. Lord, <laughs> all man, we know. We have eyes. We see what's happening with the off with the reboundings with the second unit when freaking Hart was out there. We saw it. We saw our own eyes, man. It was all falling to pieces. Two pieces. Exactly, and, and then he's gonna act like, and then he's gonna act like Sims hasn't come off the bench for us before. So it's like, come on, man. It's politics, bro. It's politics. (laughs) It's politics. Jay-Z says it's politics as usual, man. It's politics. He's not going to be like, yo, bro sucks. We can't have him play that many minutes. He's not going to say that. (laughs) Facts. That's why we out here looking at Sergi Baca. We'll talk about that later. He, he he won't say that, and I, I do understand the political side of it, not to say that, but he should bench him for Sims, but he can reduce his minutes, and he hasn't done that, and that's on him. And that's why I wish our good brother Raw was here so he would be able to defend what might be the worst Nits Tate out right now that Tom Thibodeau is a very good coach. Uh, I, I can't understand why you would stand behind a tape like that after all the evidence proves it false. Uh, and I, I really wish he would come back on the show so we could have a nice discussion about why Tom Thibodeau is has hit his ceiling, is a, is a good coach, better than average, but he's not the right coach for us. We've met all the potential that he can give us. We've hit that ceiling uh, a season and a half ago, and it's, in my opinion, it's time to move on to someone who can get us to the promised land and have a winning playoff record. What's the what's the difference between better than average and very good? Because to me, that's like synonyms to me. Playoffs. He, he's, a, he's a very good regular season coach. He's not like an over 500 regular season, if I five one, five two In the playoffs, he's .410. Mm. That's with all three teams. And the Bulls by themselves under 500. That's not just Minnesota, New York, bring it down. That's Bulls too. He's not a good playoff coach. He's not a good tactician. He doesn't make adjustments. He's too stubborn, but he builds character. He builds defense. He builds, you know, a, a team identity. Sure. But we already have all that. He won coach of the year for that. Now it's time to find a coach and get us into a playoff competitor. I think Roy would agree with you. I think like all that, everybody knows he's not a good tactician. Everybody knows that. Like he's a good regular season coach. He's a building block coach. Very good to great. I don't know. It's like splitting hairs. It's like, are you 5'11 or are you six feet? Like, it's, that, like that's why I damn a B. Because I, I think for what he's doing, he, we're getting full to, full tips effect on all the positives. You know, uh, a commitment to the defensive steam, even though defensive steam's outdated. Guys playing hard mostly every night. Guys playing together, building a good culture. You know, trying to do the little things that equal a win. Um, looking for the open guy, those type of things we're doing. That's why I him a B because he always gets guys to buy into his plan. His plan is just flawed. And for us to be a good playoff team, because we're already a regular team now, we're over 500, it's time to be a good playoff team. We got to move on. That's where me and Raw disagreed. Raw is a very good coach, and he wants Tibbs to be around, backing up even when the, the, the stats and the evidence say otherwise. Yeah. I mean, Tibbs is a good coach. Very good, great. I don't know. He's good for our team right now. That that's all I know. He's he's good for our, he got us to where we're at right now. You, I'll keep saying it over and over again. At some point, we're gonna have to move him. I'm not sure when that is, but I'm not sure if it's this year. I feel like maybe it might be next year. Might be the time. Um, 
if he's the, the players fight for him he puts together schemes well he works hard he everybody's yep. on the same train in the same path when it comes to the game plan but the lack of adjustments as usual you know playing time stuff all that stuff is things that that need to improve to to break that ceiling but yeah it is it is what it is all right and i want to do the comment section right quick because you know i gotta respond to some comments so <laughs> alawise says no cameras are not playing what part don't y'all get i guess this man don't know the meaning of hypothetical we're speaking about hypothetical situations we're trying to debunk what dibs said if dibs really meant what he said then he would go with other options to go into the starting lineup to keep the second to keep the bench intact Right. So therefore, since he didn't do that when RJ went out and quickly went to the starting lineup and compromised at the bench as a result, what he said about Sims and Hardenstein's playing time is BS. That's what we're, that's what we're trying to prove. Of course, we know Cameron Rose don't get playing time. We're just trying to di- we're just trying to disprove what Dibs is saying and and trying to prove that he's talking BS to the media when that's not really the case. Yeah. And listen, man, we, we already know what the deal is. It's politics as usual. No one's going to really, really say the, the the real thing they're thinking to the media. This summer, Tip sat in front of cameras and talked like Evan Fournier had a real chance to start. Remember that? Remember that? Everybody was pissed on Twitter. Oh, me too. Oh, Evan Fournier is going to start. I can't believe it. Grimes is going to come off the bench. And then you look. And Evan Fournier is buried on the bench. Like, is look, that camera, you can't take everything he says on camera at face value. The real stuff happens behind the camera in this office in Westchester, talking to those guys one-on-one. Like, you can't believe you can't believe all this camera stuff. This is the politics crap, man. It is what it is. I got a question for y'all. Sure. Do you think if uh, Leon Rose was not the president of basketball operations for the Knicks and it was anybody, but any other GM has no affiliation with CAA or Tibbs or, or was his agent, do you think Tibbs would have been fired by now during some of those losing stretches that we experienced either last season or this season? I think it's more probable that he was fired last year. Um, yeah. For sure. Because of the the weirdness that was happening last year. And listen, man, I said it. I said it last year. I was like, that's his boy. I mean, Le- Tibbs is Leon's boy. That boy ain't going nowhere. All Good right? daddy. I said it last year. <laughs> and I said it this summer, too. It's going to be hella high water for him to be fired. So I, everybody's having a surprise now because Ian said that he's fiercely loyal to, to, to Thibodeau. I could have told you that. I did tell you all that. <laughs> What do you say, Ryan? Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, I was just agreeing. I, I didn't really have anything to say. Okay. <laughs> no, that, that's why when I hear these guys drinking that Tibbs Kool-Aid and spewing that propaganda about he won't be fired, I agree with him. He won't be fired, but the reasons is different. It's because that's his former boss, one of his best friends, guy that had been his agent his entire coaching career. That guy ain't going to fire him. That's his splashiest hire, the biggest name that he's brought on board before Jalen Brunson. To fire him is to show optically – 
you made a huge mistake on who's leading this team as you're firing him in, in year three. If it was last year, year two, there's no way he's going to be fired. He'll be here for the long haul and it's going to hurt our development and hurt our chances to be a playoff competitor during that span of time. I just hope that once he is fired, we actually hire someone who's better than him. Because if we hire someone who's worse, it's going to erode all that culture building that Tibbs has brought, which is his greatest strength. And I, I don't I think this is past the time of Johnny Bryant. We really need someone who's better than Tibbs. If we're going to hire someone, it's got to be someone who has a better playoff resume and someone who can bring things that Tibbs can't bring to the table. I don't think it's necessarily... I, I would say I would argue with the hurt development last season because of the lack of kids that were playing. This season, I, ca I can't really argue that it hurts development because, like, when we talk about development, we're looking at RJ, we're looking at Mitch, we're looking at Quickly, looking at Grimes. Those guys are playing freaking, even though no one, even though Cam is not playing, Deuce is getting a shot. So I can't say it's going to hurt development. I do, I do know that there's a ceiling on what we can do because of it. But as far as a guy who's going to have teams prepared, prepare you for habits, teach you simple defensive principles and techniques from the ground up, Tibbs is a guy for that. When it comes to varying your offense, you know, um, creativity, giving you funky lineups to see if it works or what, if it doesn't work, Tibbs is not that guy. So I think he's good for development, but like I said before, there's a, there's a ceiling. There's a cap. I agree. All right. Yo, salute to the chat. We got more to talk about. If you want to call in and you want to get some of this, you can, all right? You already know what it is. You can dial that number 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. Shout out to DJ DJ Dax. Shout out to Lee Escobedo. Shout out to you, DJ. All right. I see. I don't think you really shout out to Wayne Patterson, Isla Wise. Is my real fake cousin Winston Ellis here? I usually see him. I used to seeing him now. Shout out to you. Even if you're not here, shout out to you. Shout out to any gaming network. And everybody else is rocking with the show. If you like the show, hit the like button, subscribe button. We're here after every game talking that Knicks talk. All right. Cool. Um, shoot. I really wanted to listen. I liked RJ's touch. I like some things from the bench, but we can talk about some other stuff. We can definitely talk about some other stuff. We can talk about some rumor stuff. I know, listen, at this point, our bench is still a point of contention. They they played well in the beginning, you know? They actually showed a spark a little bit. I liked what I saw from OB a little bit today. I actually like that I seen OB post up. You know what I mean? I still wish they they ran some pick and roll for my guy, but I, I liked what I saw from him. Um, second half, not so much kind of fell apart right so we all know that trade deadline is approaching we have to look at options to bring off the bench to kind of supplement this bench because this bench has been i think the lowest scoring bench in the month of january mm. bruh uh yeah it's rough it's rough out here in these streets for this bench all right um and if you did and, and when we talking here we try to actually talk about more realistic options you know what i mean i know there's sexy names out there there's coos right and i've heard him i've, I've heard ob og i heard him we heard we talked about zach levine 
we can talk about those guys uh later but i'm trying we're trying to narrow things down to realistic options and i know we talked about uh, a few options before people who are already in trade rumors and i know lee wanted to talk about a few today um so i'm gonna turn something over to lee and lee i want you to, to actually kind of talk about some options you think you would like to see uh come to the knicks as a backup wing during the trade deadline and kind of give you your reasons to why you would like these players here in Nick uniform. No doubt. Uh, appreciate the might pass. Well, you know, I've been on that Gary Trent Jr. Train. I love yeah. the kid. I, I can't, every time I look at his age, I'm surprised he's 23. I feel like he's been in the lead for a long time, but I must have oh, been yeah. by his dad. His dad used to be on the Mavericks uh, and Dave Derek Nowitzki hell when he was a rookie, but Gary Trent Jr. I mean, he's a, he's a downtown shooter. Hit, got the three ball, probably one of the most prime examples of a three and D player in the lead was great in Toronto. Great in Portland. Uh, I would love to have him on this team coming off the bench, backing up Grimes. So we always have someone who can lock down the opposing team's point of attack uh, between those two. You add in quickly and McBride, and that's a really deadly four person tandem uh, that you can mix and match and statter the minutes. He's my number one option. And I think he's gettable. Toronto is going to make a move. I don't think it's time for them to blow it up and get rid of Siakam. Fred Van Vliet is more likely to be traded, but I think they hold on to him too. He's a free agent, so if they're moving him, they don't trade some assets back and not lose him in free agency. But I think between the two, OG and Gary Trent Jr. are probably two most likely to be traded before a deadline to free up some cap space. So they want a big, you know, I think that's how Isaiah Hartenstein could definitely go out the door in any deal like that. And, you know, I would be willing to give up one of our, our own picks protected top 10 or top 15 protected for Gary Trent Jr. Cause he's giving you 17 game as well. And he's mm -hmm. doing that on a pretty stacked team. A lot of guys average double digits on the Raptors and he's still able to chip in 17 a game. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the NBA outside of the Knicks. And he's my first option after that stretchy guys, PJ Washington uh, in Charlotte is a solid option. Kenny Martin Jr. And the Rockets I mentioned before, these are guys that are athletic. We need athleticism. We need guys who have lateral movement guys who can rebound and start their one-man transition fast break. We don't have a whole lot of that. Uh, we have, yeah. you know, guys that play hard, that play defense, they're able to, to attack in the mid-range and get to the basket, but not a whole lot of guys who can beat you with a first step and get downhill and get transition buckets. That's one of the reasons why we're always just stuck in that that terrible half-court set that drags us down ISO ball. Other guys on the cheap, I mean, Alex Caruso. I think that Derek Rose in two seconds for Alex Caruso, possible. That's a low risk. High reward. He's on an affordable contract. And my seat sleeper, Clippers are not playing well right now. And I looked at their roster and I thought about, oh, would, would Marcus Morris make sense coming back? I wasn't too interested in that because of his contract. Terrence Mann, super young, athletic, gutsy in the playoffs, plays defense, can score. I know that point per game is a little low, but off the bench, I can live with it. He has a, he's a high percentage score when he gets to his spot under the basket. Doesn't take a whole lot of bad shots. He takes efficient shots. And he knows his spots. He doesn't play outside of his game. And he plays really hard on D. I think Tibbs would love him. I was all, I'm out. He ain't going nowhere. So when I think about players we want to bring in, do they fit Tibbs' system? And my top three guys right now, Gary Trent Jr., Kenny Martin Jr., and Terrence Mann. Okay. All right. All right. We kind of talked about uh, Gary Trent before you were here, um, Lee. For us, when I looked at him, of course, we love Gary Trent Jr. We've been talking about Gary Trent Jr. since the season before um, when he was playing in Portland, 3 and D guy um, who can is a knockdown shooter, 
and he does well in Toronto. But when I see him, I think, man, is he is this type of guy willing to come off the bench? One and two, what would Toronto want for Gary Trent? Because he he's giving you 18 a game, right? He's giving you 18 a game. He's giving you the, the three-point shot. Um, so when I start to see guys who are giving you 18, 20 a game, my brain goes first round pick. He's you know what I mean? Starter guys. Give me 18, 28 game, first round pick. So the question would be, are you willing to give a first round pick to Toronto Raptors for Gary Trent Jr.? Hell yes, but protected, not unprotected. I think top 15 is a solid number because I don't think he's worth a top 15 pick. Because Nick Pitts, you never know where they're going to be. It could be the low end of a lottery or right there in between the sweet spot between 12 and, and 18, where we've been the last couple of seasons um, that we traded away to Charlotte a couple of years ago. I think top 15, I would trade that pick. And then some salary filler, whether it's an aspiring Derrick Rose and some other pieces, because I don't think they want Fournier. But yeah, I, I would give them. I would give them that and one of the protected Milwaukee or Detroit pits that we own too. I would give both of those for Gary Trent Jr. Because he's only 23 years old. The kids only don't get better. I know he's not as tall as we would like. We need taller guys at seven, six, eight. But man, this kid's a baller. He play even when a team's not playing doing well, he's still out there giving 110% effort. Toronto's one of my favorite teams to watch, have been since. Masai Ujiri's been in charge. He knows what he's doing. Great coach. Yeah, man, I think he's worth two protected picks, one Knicks, one Milwaukee or Detroit. That concern you because you already know the Knicks' big plan, right? The Knicks' big plan is hoard picks for the big swing. Um. So do you feel like that will compromise their plan? Because when I – because when okay, you saying top fifteen protected? Who do we have yeah. that's top fifteen protected? I know the Bucks pick. The Bucks pick is probably the most. It's probably the pick that's going to um, convey the most. That's in our stats is probably the, the Bucks pick in Dallas, right? And the Dallas pick. So if you're saying giving up one of the either of the Bucks picks or the Dallas pick is what you're saying, okay? Yeah, because unfortunately, we didn't hear about any of those pits being included in any trade negotiations over the summer. Danny Ainge wasn't interested in any of that shit at all. They were never included in any trade proposals. Ainge wanted Nets pits. And I think Masai Ujiri is going to want a Nets pit. So if it's top 15 protected, it might end with descending protections or ascending. I'm, I'm, what's descending to where it's a little bit better year after year. I think that would be to his advantage and stops at like 13, like maybe 13 or 12. Right. Uh, to me, that that's to our advantage. This guy's going to help us now and in the future because he's only 23. I feel you. I feel you. You, you kind of changing my line a little bit, me. I'm not going to lie. Me, though, I'm he- I'm hesitant to give up a pick right now knowing what the bigger picture is. Yeah. Danny Ainge is Danny Ainge, you know? You already know what the what Danny Ainge is on. Danny Ainge did not like that the Knicks were sitting courtside during the playoffs. So he bumped up the price. He sat there and told us it's going to take four unprotected first round picks to get Don Mitchell to your team. And then he turned around and the next day gave it to the Cavs for three first round picks. <laughs> and we all know the cast first round picks aren't worth as much as ours considering the makeup of their team versus ours. So yeah. 
we already knew. So when, when I'm talking about other people, I don't know if other people are going to be as stone faced as a, of a negotiator as Danny Ainge is outside of a, a Sayu Jiri, you know, <laughs> yeah, and Jiri I, might I, Yeah. And I just want to throw in because Gary Trentin is definitely one of my top choices as well. But what also concerns me is that he has a player option at the end of the season where he can opt out of his contract. So right. my thing is, I don't know if I want to give up one or two first round picks for a player that might stay as a rental also knowing that the Knicks have no chance at a championship. So it's like, we're basically going to give up one or two first round picks. Oh, that's right. A player who's going to stay for half a season and then opt out and go to another team. So I think if the Knicks are ready to go after Gary Trent Jr., there has to be some type of guarantee on his mm-hmm. end that he's going to re-sign with the Knicks in the off season for the Knicks to, for, for me to be really comfortable giving up one or two first round picks and bring him here. Gary it's Trent Jr. wants 25 million. That's the, 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 the number he's putting out. Um, 25 million might be a little bit too steep. I agree. That, that is high. <laughs> I agree. Um, I'm not, no, I don't know if he'll get that on the open market. I haven't really looked at what teams are uh, have cap space. I probably should I probably should look that up to see what teams have cap space who can actually sign them out right. Because those teams usually will be your competition for signing free agents unless you're going you know what um i know quickly but he's going to command 20 and we'll sign and trade quickly another player to absorb gary Trent jr or something like that unless something like that happens um which to me still doesn't make sense because as much as i love gary Trent jr i think we still need another ball handler who who can create for other people here so that would make sense to me yeah i just i like the fact that gary Trent jr can score yeah. uh we like his him. own offense for sure yeah i i like him a lot i, I like him. i think he has a ceiling that he hasn't been met yet mm-hmm. i think tibbs quoted in the buy-in defensively and i think he'll become an even better uh three and d player he'll put him in the position in the corners where to find his spots where he's the, the most of a flamethrower on the perimeter and he'll get him there uh I, I like him as an investment we haven't seen any knicks leave yet in free agency we've been able to retain all of our young guys we haven't had someone who's a free agent that's walked on us um in a really long time so there's some benefit there too i don't think worldwide west and leon rose would do their due diligence to make sure that they make a trade like that that he's going to be retained in, in type of a verbal commitment. And also, I think that if we got him, that means there's no superstar out there in the trade market that's available. If there is a superstar out there, sure, this has become secondary or tertiary. But if there's not, that's that's a signal that they're not there, and this is the type of guy that we have that's available, and we're going to pounce on him now. Got you. Good. Well said, well said, Lee. And we'll get to the other guys you talked about um, a little bit later. I see you have a caller on the line, so I want to get to him and have give him a chance to speak before we move on. Let's go. All right. Shout out to Kareem. First call of the night. What up, man? Yo, I'm good, man. Yo, long time caller. I um, mean, not long time caller. Long time listener. Watcher, listener for years. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to start off with a, with a positive note by saying I kind of look at y'all like old school rap. So if I did, you'd be Eric Sermon, <laughs> um, my brother, because you get along with everybody. You know what I'm saying? You do a little bit of everything. My man uh, Ryan G's in the building. That's Q-tip right there. My <laughs> man Lee, MC Search. 
You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> he speak his mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Days, he came in controversial. He speak his mind. Yeah, you know he came saying? in. <laughs> and my man Ryan D is so smooth, man. That's cute stuff right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I like <laughs> well, that. Right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> all right, for sure, for sure. All right, all right. So, okay, no more. Uh, let's be done with the pleasantries. All right, so the jig is up. Jig is up. Teams are getting healthy. You know what I'm saying? The Knicks is like they they're coming around the second the second lap. They're not fooling nobody no more, and uh, I I don't want to say we're going to go on a ten game losing streak, but I, but over the by February fifteenth, I think we're going to be about seven games under five hundred. Um, yeah, yeah, like it, like this is it, this is it, fellas, this is where we at right now. Like, all right, so I think um I got a few things I want to say. Shout out to my man World Wide West. Oh yeah, I forgot my man. Shout out to World Wide West. Um, shout out to him. If he was in here, he'd probably be like Freddie Fox. Or maybe KRS one. Oh yeah, he's definitely anyway. KRS. Yeah, yeah KRS. He's definitely KRS. All right, but not the feature. Leon yeah, yeah. and these guys. I think I think they've been drafting. Like I, right, I feel like this. They came in. You know what I'm saying? They want to set a tone. So they're like, all right. They hollered at their boy. Like, yo, just get some stability over here. Mm-hmm. Leon, I mean, with um Thibodeau. Then they start drafting players. They've been drafting soldiers. They don't draft players with high upside. That's a little controversial. They draft soldiers, good guys. That's not going to complain. And I think that's been a problem because he's just empowering the best players. But the best players in the Knicks are not even maybe the second best player on a on a on a on a on another team. So it's like we're, the only time we really win games is when players have hurt me in effort. Every game he's getting out coached. Every he, he's setting up plays for Murray. For you know they they're killing us in different ways. Like every possession they're killing us in a different way. Why they doing? We doing the same thing. So I feel like we about to go on a really big losing streak. We we're about to get exposed, people. Like I think this is what it is. Like we can't just keep doing what we're doing. Like we know what we're seeing with our own eyes. And I I listen to the breakdowns and and but we're not supposed to agree with each other. So that's what I like about me. You know what I'm saying? And I think this is one of the most unbiased shows that I watch. And I watch the I appreciate everything. That. I appreciate but we're not supposed to agree with. Yeah, no doubt. We're not supposed to agree with each other. We know what we're seeing with our eyes. His was supposed to have been a long time ago, but like I said, Leon Rosie came in. When it said a turn, he wanted to get a, a, a foundation. All right, but now the jig is up. Like I said, teams are getting healthy. You know, we're getting, we're getting exposed. And uh, Leon Rose and them, I think they're going to really have to make a decision. They didn't start building this team. I don't think to win the championship, they was building this team for stability. Like, okay, now we're there. Now what's next? That's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> we can't keep – we had 14 assists, bro, the other day. Like, like we playing like we're in a rucker. Yeah. Yo, Ali Moe, it's your turn. Yo, yeah. Future, yo, you, it's your turn. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. We're getting out coaches looking like clowns. And these guys are doing the same thing. I see Bon Donovan go around the pick and roll. He already knows that the big man going to drop, so let me just do a hard dribble to the paint. Now, he's dropping way back. Now, stop, back to stop, pull up. Yo, uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, DeJounte Murray, I'm going to come down. I'm going to dribble. I'm going to spin into the lane, half spin, pull up over whoever's guarding me over and over and over. We don't play zone against nobody. We don't do anything different. Like, I think teams, they like playing against us because it's like they're playing test and we're playing Texas. And <laughs> I think this, this stuff right now, look at the schedule. Get yeah, the schedule. I see. We're we going to be no, M- no Mitch three weeks, so it's going to be rough, man. It's going to be rough. <laughs> It's gonna be rough, man. What game we gonna win on the schedule 
up to the February 15th. Only team I see that we might have a chance against is Orlando, and Orlando got our number. So when are we gonna win? So when when it's so when, by, by by time the trade deadline come around and we're like seven eight games under five hundred, we gonna we gonna have to see where we at because I think that the, the worst thing is for us to be really act, acting like oh we got we bringing this guy we bringing this guy like nah man teams are playing chess and we playing checkers and the jig is up teams are getting healthy and and we're getting injured now. Yeah, I, I can see some concerns, man. Yo, appreciate your call, Kareem. Shout out, shout out to you with the comments and the, the comparisons to the and yeah, I like I like the good call, man. Salute to you, dog. Great call. <laughs> All right. All right. I should have took him a little bit earlier when we were talking about the actual game. <laughs> that I think <laughs> kind of broke 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 the flow. I don't know if you guys want to respond to that or you and then get back to the actual um the breakdown for the wings yeah um I, I did think he made a lot of good points the only thing i don't agree with is i don't think the knicks are going to be that bad to where they're going to be seven eight games out of 500 i do think the knicks will keep afloat maybe they're, they're not going to be i don't i don't i think with mitch out I, I don't think they're going to be 500 within the next few games into the all-star break but i do think that there might be maybe like a one or two games under 500 you know, like, so, like, say, for example, if the Knicks have 14 games before the All-Star break, with Mitch out, I think they would be, like, 6-8. and eight. So, I mean, I don't think the Knicks are going to fall that deep on the 500, but he did make some good points, though. Yeah, yeah and that, the last show I was on, I, I pointed out that calendar, the stretch of games against all these teams that are over 500 that are guaranteed to be in the playoff hunt was going to be really difficult. And I'm going to call it now. All the Tibbs interns are going to blame it on Mitch's injury. Yeah, oh, that's because Mitch's injury. That's why we're dropping all these games and blown up by 20, blown up by 30, you know, barely storing 100. I'm calling it now. That's going to be the excuse. Mark it, book it, write it down, timestamp it right now. That's what's going to happen, even though it's not going to be because just of Mitch's injury. It's going to be a culmination of different things. A weak yeah. offense, no reliance on isolation, chop coverage, can't play in zone. It's like, you want to beat the Knicks, play a zone. Switch it to a zone in second half. You're going to beat the Knicks. Lee? This is where I disagree with you hardly, dog, because I started off the show with that very sentiment. When Mitch was out with Grimes, we were losing. When we went on the game, the streak, the eight-game winning streak, it was with Mitch and it was with Grimes. Like, I feel like this Mitch injury happened at the worst freaking possible time because I was really looking forward to these matchups in particular because they were contenders in championship teams and back-to-back. And now we'll have like, you know what? They're not going to say, oh, this person is missing and this person is missing. So, but it's, but now we're missing a key piece. We're missing our best net rating. So it's like, I kind of feel like it's BS to, to say our wins don't count when those guys' best players are missing. And now one of our best players are missing. And now it's like, well, we can't fact that out in at all. I kind of feel like it's. I'm not saying that. It's definitely a fact. It's a top three factor, maybe even a top two factor. But it's also compounded with other factors as well. Like an unimaginative offense, it's really, really easy to steam against. You can just play a high school zone against it and you completely shut down the Knicks offense. It's it's one of 
couple of things that are going to be the reason that we lose. In my opinion, we're going to be under 500 in this stretch until Mitch comes back. But I think the majority of a tips interns will blame it solely on the fact that Mitch is not here and we'd be beating all these teams. We'd be winning by 20 or we wouldn't be losing by 20. That's guaranteed to happen. I can already see the tweets. Yeah. Well, I guess I got an internship because I'm definitely going to be blaming it on that. No, you have to <laughs> Come on. Don't sell yourself short. You ain't no intern. You nobody's. I'm not an intern, but I'm looking. It's nobody's. obvious to me. It's obvious when Mitch is not here, we're bad. Like, it's not even a great basketball mind. It's like the wins and losses show it. The game show it. Today shows it. It's been like a thing. Um, yeah. Next caller up, we get high MBIC. Peace, peace, guys. What's up? Peace, peace. What's going on, man? So, um, I was listening to your show earlier. Like, you kind of took my thunder, what I was going to say. But um, the whole thing about this is, you know, to address the three-headed monster. Like, everybody knows about Bibs. I mean, you can go on and on about that. But, I mean, you got to look at the, you know, that's like it's kind of like Frankenstein's monster, you know? The monster is going to be a monster because that's what he's created to be. You mm-hmm. got to look at Dr. Frankenstein. Who put all this stuff together? You can't have a three-headed monster like this with this team. You got Leon Rose, who's a novice team president, and he's done well in the front office, creating the front office. But his mistake was, his biggest mistake was bringing in 31. You can't have this dude. He's an assistant coach. You, you can't have him in there. And then you bring in Brunson, who is mirror to Thibs on the floor. Because he has that Thibs mentality. And even if you get rid of Thibs, you still got this dude, which is, I don't have a problem with Brunson saying that he's not a talented guard. But you got to pay attention to how he plays. He has that stubborn mentality. He doesn't distribute the ball like he's supposed to. And at times, he gets carried away. Mm-hmm. And he, he he's not a superstar player. He's a he's an elite player or, or borderline elite player. But he's not a superstar player. And when he does what he does and he, he takes away the momentum of the team mm-hmm. because he doesn't get – his job is to make these players better and, and create a rhythm. That's what he doesn't do a lot. And Leon Rose, if he doesn't fire games, by the end of the season, look at what he's done. Now, you got to look at his record. Like, Leon Rose has a top 10 pick in Obi Toppin, who is not doing anything. And I don't believe I don't believe that's Obi's fault. I believe that there's no creativity for him. I don't believe that he's been, like, he's been given the opportunity to do. Look at his minutes now. Even though he's coming off injury, his role has been reduced. And that's and it looks like it looks like when I watch this game, when I watch these games, it looks like Sid and you guys touched on it, but it looks like Sid is just doing this to, to he's burning out these players just so he can get wins. Yeah, he's and trying to win. He don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> it doesn't and it's like, yo, you, you can't and, and you know, you, you listen to Brunson talk. And when, when he speaks, he says the same thing. So when you get rid of him, because, you know, this is the year three. This is when he gets fired from going by history. <laughs> when you get rid of him, you still got Brunson. So it's a mirrored image. So what do we do about that? And if we get rid of 
disappears, which is more, more than likely to happen, what do you do about Rose? That's my time. I'm out. All right. So you're asking if you get rid of Tibbs, what do you do with Brunson? You keep Brunson. You keep him, bro. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Listen, listen, guys. I understand that Brunson doesn't pass as much as everybody wants to. But if you're like, it's, it's the difference between critical and just like asinine with the criticisms where you have your pitchforks out. <laughs> like it, it's like a, this is a wild scale, man. Like Brunson is the best point guard we've had in this building since, oh, did Ryan G just get kicked out again? Lord. I think so. <laughs> I agree Bruh. with the JL. He's back. <laughs> I was wondering why the stream looked all jacked up. Like, Brunson is the best point guard we've had since, who? what, Mark Jackson, Stephon, Jason. I think he's like, better. I think he's better. Like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. You have every right to be critical of every person on this team. Every right. Yeah. You're, supposed to, you're supposed to be critical of everybody. But... Getting rid of Brunson, dog, because you don't like because you don't pass no like a simple coach change can change that in a heartbeat. Like 100%. that is not the biggest issue on this Knicks. If you look at the grand scheme, why the Knicks? Um, shoot, look, we're not even bad right now. We're we're still what a few games over five hundred. Why the Knicks? What are the biggest Knicks issues? Is Brunson passing an issue? Yes. Mm, but when I put the issues in a row, I would say the bigger issues are three-point shooting as a whole. Um, creativity offensively, I would say, is there. But three-point shooting as a whole is up there. Bench diversity and scoring is up there. I feel like those, to me, are might be one, two. Um, a solid center to back up Mitch might be three and that could be that could just be Sims not getting minutes which you, you can contribute to Tibbs or front office depending how you see it um but I feel like Brunson not being a point guard that we want might be like five or six <laughs> facts I, I I agree and you know me man I'm fired Tibbs all day all night I disagree with that part of the call uh, if you'd fire Tibbs, you keep Brunson 100%. I mean, I think every coach that Brunson's had has unlocked a different part of his game. And I look forward to the day when a new coach unlocks a new part of his game. But right. don't get rid of him. Don't get rid of Brunson under any circumstances. He's our best player. He, to me, he's a guy that you want to hold on to the most and the, of anyone on this roster. Absolutely. Absolutely. D DJ, DJ Dax says free throws. Yes, free throws is on the list as well. Closing is two, but I kind of feel like three point shooting. And closing are a little bit interrelated to me, but that's a whole nother topic. All right. <laughs> Ryan's back. Ryan's back. Yo, Ryan, I'm sorry. Boston Dick is the greatest. I'm going to have to show you Boston Dick's Twitter post. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Boston Dick. <laughs> Yo, Boston Dick, you are the GOAT, all right? <laughs> yeah. I love Boston Nick. Nice guy in general, too. Boston Nick is probably, yes, one, is. probably one of the nicest people 
on Nick's Twitter, period. <laughs> um, Boston Nick, shout out to you. Um, yo, we went way off subject because my bad. I usually do a better job DJing the show, but I had the, the callers call in in the middle of our wing breakdown, kind of threw a mm-hmm. course course off course a little bit. So now, even if we want to clip this, I'm gonna have to clip it and then cut it and then sew it back together. Whatever. <laughs> I just made more work for myself, pretty much. All right. <laughs> but um, we ended the last conversation talking about Gary Trent Jr. And um, we all want him there. We talked about him before, 3 and D guy. But we also talked about he's a $25 million contract. No, he wants to re-sign for $25 million. So it might be risky, risky to trade for him if we don't want to pay him that type of money. Um, but you also mentioned some other guys in Terrence Mann, right? That was in this yeah, yeah. too. What you think, Ryan? I mean, Terrence Mann is one of those players where he, he's just a solid player off the bench. Um, you, you know what you're getting from him. You know, he definitely, he plays defense. He plays hard. Um, he's had some games where he've had, where he, had, where he has had offensive explosions. So, you know, he's capable of, you know, having that one game, you know, out of the blue sometimes where he'll give you like a 20 points off the bench or whatever the case may be. So he's capable of that as well. And I do think, you know, with his youth, his energy, his hard play, I do think that, you know, he would be a welcome addition as a piece on the bench for the Knicks. Yeah. Terrence Mann is is very solid. Very, very solid. Uh, let me see if you can pull up some numbers because I already... You already see the numbers here. Let's put some more numbers, though. Well, that 51% field goal percentage. That's that, nice. That, that's sexy right there. You know yep. me? I like efficiency. That's why I be getting on RJ so much. I'm like, he's not efficient enough. But um, due to RJ for like 24 games or so, he's been a lot more efficient. Hopefully that turns around. Um, I mean, hopefully that keeps going. But Terrence Mann, 51% from the field. 36% from three, but he's had some seasons where he shot 38% from three, 42% from three. So this is kind of a down year from three, but you know, on his down year, he's shooting, you know, league average. So you, you take that, you know, you take that. Yeah. If you go to his cleaning the glass stats, where did, where's, where's those cleaning the glass stats? If you go to the cleaning the glass stats, boom. Ooh. Ooh. Look at all those orange. Look at that. Look a lot at, of orange. A lot of orange. If, for those of you who, who haven't been on KT before, um, we like we look at cleaning the glass a lot. Orange means high, efficient, top of the league. Mwah. Creme de la creme. All right. 87th percentile on the rim at his position. And I think he's playing more of a combo guard this year instead of a wing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Be, uh, yeah, 87 percentile after him is pretty damn good. Um, short mid, eh, not so, but long mid, 89 percentile, pretty damn good, 60 percent. Yeesh, okay, all right, corner three, not so much, but the non corner, 45 percent. Mm. Yeah, I like that, I'll take that all day. I like him a lot, um, or He's making $11 million. They signed an extension for him. He's making $11 million this season and into the 2025 season. 
I guess my question is, what is the likelihood they trade him? Because with with uh, the injury history that those those guys have in Clipperland, with with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, he's kind of a guy who kind of fills in for them when they're injured, which means he's gonna play a lot. So, um, I'm not sure his availability. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if his availability, unless you see something I don't see. I know, you know, they like Hartenstein. I know they miss him, and I know we we want to move him. So I don't know if it'll be Hartenstein and somebody else. Yeah, from, from what I from what I've heard around the, the Twitterverse, credible sources, not my sources, but just on Twitter in general, is that they're looking for a, a lead guard at the point and a backup center. So in my mind, I was like Reddish, Rose, Hartenstein. We'll get him out. Bring him in. Maybe attach two seconds or that one of those late Milwaukee or Detroit for, or Washington firsts. No Nick first, but one of those later ones. And then you know, give him Derek Rose. John Wall is out for two weeks right now uh, with an injury. I think they could use Rose. Rose would be solid on, on that team. Come, Reggie, Reggie Jackson's been awful this season. And the Clippers themselves have been really bad this season, even though they've been one of the better three-point shooting teams. Uh, I think Hartenstein obviously knows the system would, would be a good fit. I think they're missing him, uh, backing up Zubak. So that could be a solid deal. I think we had the pieces to make it work. Cam could, could take man's minutes and give him a, a different little look there too. Okay. All right. If they take Rose and Hartenstein for him, I'll do that in a heartbeat. Um, the salary, though, I can't see the salary matching up. I don't know if anybody has the Clippers salary in front of them. But off the top, right, we got man, it was $11 million. Um, Hartenstein is nine. So... That works out clean, right? Two million difference. That meets the rule. Um, that trade will go through. But Rose is what fourteen, and that's what really makes it tricky. That's really what it makes it tricky. So they would Maybe have to send somebody else back. Canard, we would take back Canard at fourteen million. I'll take He's Canard back. In our damn years on his, his deal. Well, they take. I don't I don't know if they're willing to give him a canard, though. But, I mean, for what, I, for, for what I've been hearing, I've been hearing that they're more interested in trading John Wall because they, I think what I think what they're thinking is they're hoping that they can trade John Wall and get back another big, which is what they need. So I think they're looking for, like, a more, I guess, more productive big. That's what I heard on ESPN anyway, that they're looking to trade John Wall. I would take John Wall if they meant Terrence Mann. I'll take, hold on. I would take John Wall, that attack, what type of pick situation they're attaching. Hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> it's fun playing this game. <laughs> what type of you want us to take John Wall off of your hands? I mean, they're definitely gonna give us like they definitely gonna have to give us some first rounders in return because John Wall's contract is crazy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So it's like now are we involving are we involving like uh Evan Fournier now and in, in salary filler now? Because now this is a whole nother conversation. Now this is no, no, no. Oh, oh wait, no, no. Matter of fact, John Wall's on a pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah I forgot he. Yeah, he's always in the six million. Contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. six million a year. Yeah, and it's an expiring. It's expiring. Team option. Yeah. Okay. So okay, so John Wall, Hartens, John Wall, man. John Wall and man is a like seventeen million. Uh. And we got Hartenstein and Rose. And that's around, let's see, that's around nine. 
That's around. Okay, that works out. I think I, I think that might be enough actually. Because that'll be like around what 20, 14, 15, 22. That's 24 million. I'm down. I'm definitely down for that. I'm not going to hold you. When I first started, I was like, would this work? But Lee likes him. Let's, let's, let's experiment. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like him a lot. Hmm? I, I wish he was two inches taller, but he plays bigger than he is. He's got broad shoulders, good wingspan. He's built like a tank. Uh, I love the way that he gets to the teeth of a defense. He's really great at penetrating. You can you, you see between the glass numbers from a three-point line. He, he, I mean, he's, and he's young. He's yeah. young and affordable deal. Yeah. And the Clippers have been awful. Yeah, and uh, they actually resigned him. They actually like him. He was the first player they resigned um since Blake Griffin. Like the first rookie wow. they resigned on the contract since Blake Griffin. So they actually wow. like him. So if they're looking to move him, then man, it must be bad over there for real. Um Yeah. Okay, 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 Lee. Unfortunately, like the guys, the really long wing guys, I don't know if we're able to get them now. I feel like those type of guys we have the might we might have to wait until the summer. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, the guys that I, I really want, you know, who are longer wing defenders to match up with these longer teams. Um, and who else did you mention, Lee? You mentioned him, and you Kenny mentioned. Let's see. Wait, I, I do have a question though. Sure. Because I don't think the Clippers will. I don't think the Clippers will move, man. But since they're but since they're willing to move John Wall, would you take a chance on John Wall for the rest of the season? John Wall for the rest of the season. That's a backup? He has a backup. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I don't mind it. John Wall in New York. I ain't gonna kill you. John Wall manual quickly. Eh, why not? Well, yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, me too. Can he be any worse than Rose? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I'm with it. We'll see. We'll see what he has in the tank. I don't care. I'm with it. Um, you also mentioned Kenya Martin Jr., the son yeah. of Nick's legend, Kenya Martin Sr. <laughs> um, here's a guy. I don't know. I have my questions about him, Lee. I'm not so high on Kenya Martin Jr. as you are, but I'll let you talk about him and why you want him. I think he's been one of the consistent bright spots uh, over the last couple of years. And Houston's been like the worst team in the league, I think two or three seasons in a row, which is quite the accomplishment. That has a lot to do with their makeup of their roster. They don't have a whole lot of guys that have high motor and effort, which you, you, you can't teach. You either got that or you don't. And Kenny Martin Jr. has that. He embodies a lot of the same steel set that his father has. Uh, mm-hmm. Luckily, he hasn't gotten injured yet. And he seems to be in pretty good shape. And, and it has also really good mental state, too. I like how hard he plays every single game. Yeah. And he does a lot of little things that we don't have. We don't have a perimeter guy who can block shots yeah. right, from on the wheat side. We, we don't have that. We don't have anyone on this roster who's not a center who can do that. And he can do that, and he does it really well. He's also, again, he's a guy who gets downhill, one-man fast break. I just I salivated thought of him and Brunson running in transition and being able to catch lobs and oops and even being a, a role man with Brunson, the pick and roll. I think he brings a lot of attributes that we just don't have, which is length, wingspan, athleticism, and a quick first step. And I think his game, too, could be unlocked 
even by a coach like Tibbs, who would you obviously wouldn't have to worry about him buying into his system right. uh, or his playing style. But I think Tibbs would unlock a little bit of giving him more of an opportunity on offense too. Uh, he's not timid. Obi has moments where he's really timid and he fades out of the offense. I don't see that from Kenny Martin, especially this season. He's really taking a step forward this season in his production and usage rating. So I'm real, I loved his dad. His dad's one of my favorite players of all time. Also a Dallas guy. Uh, and I think his son could be a really good addition to his team and fill a position and a style that we do not have on this roster. Got you, got you, got you. Well, here's the thing with him, right? Shoots threes at a decent clip. Um, check. Um, off the bench, he's a guy who moves off the ball. In general, we have so many ISO guys. We need guys who move off the ball. So him and Obi um, probably would have a field day cutting off the ball. Um, something that, you know, Hartenstein will actually like to play with because he likes to pass the, to cutters. So that could work out. Um, I do like his hustle, like Lee said, and his ability to block shots. There's something there for sure. But like you said, Lee, um, there is like, there's still some polishing to be had, I guess is what mm-hmm. it is. Because he, he, he gives you the big blocks, but it's almost like Cam-ish where fundamentally there's certain things missing where he's not really locking up wings, really. You know what I mean? And that's probably, it could be a technique thing. That's something that Tibbs can act, is probably actually good at, teaching you technique, fundamentals. Like, he needs that. That, I don't, he's missing that to be the guy who's going to give you the correct rotations consistently, the guy who's going to stop the other guy on the other side of the ball. But, like, weak side stuff, I think he'll be good. So, I guess that's why I have my question marks about him. Long the, the, the term, camp- I can talk myself into him long term. What'd you say? What'd you say, Lee? I, I liked your your cam comp. I, I think there there are some some similar deficiencies, but one thing he's got that cam don't is a motor. Mm. Harry G. Yeah, and, and I'll say this: like, I think Kenny Martin Jr. is one of the more intriguing players for me. Like, I would definitely take a I would definitely take a chance on him mm-hmm. if the Rockets were available because I'm. Like, first and foremost, like, he does play for the Rockets. The Rockets is one of the more terrible teams in the NBA when it comes to defense. So, oh, yeah. like you said, it could, be, it could be just an accumulation of bad habits that he's picked up since he's built the Rockets. And maybe when he, maybe with a team that's more structured, like the Knicks are under Thibs, you know, maybe Thibs might get him to, you know, be more fundamentally sound on defense, you know, like you said, and probably fit in more. But I think the positives are there. Like Lee said, he has a motor. You know, so you you so you know he's gonna play hard every night. You know, you already know you're gonna get that from him. And then the fact that you know he's going to fast break, the Knicks need more of those guys who can get on the break and finish, and he can definitely do that. Mm-hmm. And I just like the fact that you know he's a wing. Like we need a wing. We need someone who's athletic. He has that as well. The ability is there to guard other wings. You just have to unlock it out of him to do it on a more consistent basis. Like I like Kenny Montejuda. I would take a risk on him. Here's some positives, JLS. You talked about him needing to polish his game. There's some really positive things to look at from last year to this year. Check this out. His field goal percentage went from 53 to 55. Mm-hmm. Two-point percentage went from 61 to 67. 
effective field goal percentage from 59 to 61. And his rebounds went from 2.7, I mean, sorry, 3.8 to 5 in only three more minutes of playing time. Pretty solid. <clears throat> not, not bad. Not bad. Like, looking at, okay, here you go. Listen, at the rim, you see that 89 percentile at the rim, shooting 74 percent at the rim. Um, we have problems finishes in general. He would help. He would help with that. Um, um, 34% from three, slightly down, but considering before he was 35, 37% two years before, uh, I don't think it is a huge deal. I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, and a good cutter. Yeah. Um, he's a flyer guy and he, I don't think he's going to be expensive too. He, that's another thing looking at his contract. He he requested a trade. I know he requested a trade um a while ago. So that's something that I can definitely see him moving somewhere, even if it's not to us. Those guys need a center, so I know Hartenstein would be involved. I mean, they might like him, but Listen, he makes $1 million. He makes almost $2 million. So he's a cheap contract. So they're going to have to send over more contracts. So there, there might be some mix in the mansion. Or maybe it's a straight-up cam swap. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What, if it was, what if it was Eric Gordon and Kenny Martin Jr.? What, what, would, we, what would we be giving back in return for that? I think I mean it's funny we throw Hartenstein to every single trade conversation we want to make. Evan Fournier so at that point. Um, yeah, it might be Fournier or Cam Reddish too. Right, it would be Fournier center. Cam. I mean, I mean, damn! If that's a trade, I would take them to in a heartbeat. If that, if they would accept that trade, I would take it. I would take it in a heartbeat. They want a first for Gordon. I don't know. <sighs> take these. We got seconds galore, dog. <laughs> we got but, but i think but I, but I think if the trade is going to go down like that with with us with us trading fournier and kim and bringing back Kenyon martin and eric gordon i think a first would probably be warranted from us just for the simple fact Kenyon martin Jr. would be included in that trade right not, not unprotected i would be real hesitant for it to be unprotected so maybe maybe scratch from fournier maybe keep him on the books for a bigger trade salary filler um, for another trade in the future, they are looking for a center. Maybe we do use uh, Hartenstein instead. Maybe we go that route. Mm-hmm. Hartenstein is what nine million. Hartenstein nine million. Hartenstein nine million. Reddish eight million. That's seventeen million. Uh, Eric Gordon. What is Eric Gordon? Eighteen million. Yeah, about. So that that actually works. That actually works out pretty well. So Hardenstein and Cam for Eric Gordon and and um, Kenny Martin Jr. Mm-hmm. We also maybe we send some seconds. Do we have to send seconds? Nah, we don't even, I don't even think we have to send second at that point because they're getting, oh, oh. They getting a we prospect. Send, we're sending, we're sending, no, we're sending picks. If it's Cam and Hardenstein for yeah. Martin Jr. and Eric Gordon, we have to send them picks. And they've already, Houston's already said they want a first for Eric Gordon. That's what they're looking for. Okay, okay. 
So yeah, we okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. So yeah, we would send. We can definitely send some seconds. I can say that. Cause I don't know. I honestly think we would have to give it the first. You think but so? Also, I, first. I don't know if I'm giving. I don't know if I want to give a first for Eric. Eric Gordon is old, dog. Like that's a one year. No but, it, no, but it, no, but it's the fact that you're adding Kenny Martin Jr. in there. I think that's why the first would be warranted. And getting rid of Hartenstein. Yeah, I, yeah, that's why I say the first is warranted. But they, but I think they actually, they actually want the center though. I think that's the thing. We want the wing, and we're getting a cheap wing, and they want a center. And they want, and that's a cheap center. We, we could probably agree on top twenty protected, mm. which which I would be fine with. If it was top twenty, I'm fine with that. Right. I can't see the Rockets taking top twenty protected though. <laughs> For Eric Gordon. For Eric Gordon, come on, dog. Eric Gordon's not freaking. That's the thing. If, if it was just Eric Gordon, I would have been like, nah. I'm not giving them no first, but for, but if you're gonna add Kenny Martin Jr., they're, they're definitely gonna want a first. But Kenny Martin Jr. is not resigning with them. Like he wants to dip. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. but but like I said, that's still potential they're giving up. They're gonna want a first act for Kenny Martin Jr. I don't think they're gonna trade him just to and and not get a first in return for him. Is Kenny Martin Jr. giving you twenty and ten? Did I miss him? <laughs> no, but still, he's a young player with potential. Right, but I, like, but I, like, I can't see the Rockets. I can't, I can't see the Rockets being like, "Yeah, we're gonna give you Eric Gordon. We're gonna give you Kenny Martin Jr. We're gonna take Cam and Hardenstein and and not want a first in return for that." Okay, Kenny Martin's giving you eleven and five. Eleven and five. I don't. That's not worth a first pick. He wants very soft though. He wants out because his playing time is iffy. Yeah, but, but just, yeah, but just because a player wants out, that doesn't mean they're gonna take a cheaper deal because of that. The Rockets are trying to build. They're not going to take no first. Uh, they're not going to take a first round pick protected it's, top twenty. They're not taking like that. It's, it's it's okay. I kind of feel like it's the Obi Toppin situation. Obi Toppin is the top eight pick. He's playing fifteen minutes a game, eleven minutes a game. Can we ask for a first for Obi? No, but Kenny Martin does more than Obi though. That's sad. That's real sad. The man's a lottery pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just got me hella depressed, man. Damn, that's a depreciation of an asset, man. Uh, bro, uh, you don't get Fritz started on that one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Fritz is a lot of right now. Is Kenny Martin really worth? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Those are the chat, man. Riveting conversation. <laughs> I'm glad y'all like my options though. That's cool. Yeah. I... And if Fritz is worse than me, Fritz is going to take a couple of firsts. <laughs> I'm saying what first. Now you're walking. What first? No way. No way he's taking a couple of firsts for Kenny Barnes' contract. No way. I need to hold on, man. Hang on, me. Hang on. You got me, but how many minutes a game does he play? Um, I think last time I checked was 24, 25 minutes a game. If I remember correctly, I think he's averaging 24.6. Yeah, that sounds right. First. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. You, you might be right. You guys are right. All right. <laughs>
Okay, actually, yeah, twenty-four point minutes a game. Yeah, twenty-five. Twenty-four point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. I like those options. I like those options. Affordable. They, they don't bankrupt you. Yeah. You know, they're also Leon Rose style moves. They're on the same level that he's done with Derrick Rose and, and Cam Reddish. You know, he's, he's made these small moves that they don't disrupt the chemistry or the roster's identity too much, but add something that he knows will benefit Tom, Tom Thibodeau. He's done better building around Tibbs through trade than he has free agency. Right. You're right. You definitely. Um, great segue to something I have to say next, Lee. And I'm about to piss everybody off right now. I'm about to piss everybody off. This is gonna be great. All right. No KP. Please. <laughs> huh? No KP talk, please. No, it's not KP. Oh, okay. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it. Hear me out, all right? Hear me out before you hit the thumbs down. All right. Get, get your tomatoes ready. Get the yo, tomato chat. Get the tomatoes ready. Get the tomatoes <laughs> ready. All right. We're missing three-point shooting. Wing help. The guy can create a little bit on a cheap contract. Uh Lee mentioned earlier that Leon Rose had some abysmal free agent signings that hasn't worked out. But I would argue there is one signing that wasn't really that bad. Oh, Uh, no. Huh? Oh, no. I know where this is going. Oh, hell no. I know exactly where this is going. Hell no. I, I, I can't tell you. Get the tomatoes ready. Hell no. No, I knew it. I knew it, bro. I knew it. Wait, wait. You, you trying to bring Alec Burks back? Hell no. You, you trying to bring Alec Burks back? I knew that's where you were going. Hear me out. <laughs> give me the give me the tomatoes. <laughs> give, me, give me the tomatoes. <laughs> give me the tomatoes. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I mean, I got could. a lot of hate in Nick's Nation, but it never. It wasn't really Alec Burks's fault. It was really Tibbs. Tibbs misused Alec Burks. He did. Alec Burks as a wing vet off the bench who spots up for three, plays decent defense, and can set up people is pretty much a lot of what we need. The only thing really that's missing is the we, we, he's not super athletic. He's he's average athletic, so you already know that. But, you know, 44% from three. 45% from the thrill. Good volume. 4.4. We we suck at three-point shooting, dog. Like he would he would solve that problem. My thing is this. I need an oath in blood from Tom Thibodeau <laughs> beforehand. I will not play Alec Burks at point guard. 
he has to write that on the board like a million times. <laughs> like the Bart Simpson. Yeah, I will not play Alec Burks at point guard. I will not play Alec Burks at point guard. If I see Alec Burks in the game before quickly <laughs> running the point, oh, fire him on the spot, Lee. Fire Guaranteed. Him. <laughs> I'll but, say this. Though. I'll say this. Role, he's actually pretty good in his proper role. I'll say this. Right now in Detroit, <laughs> Alec Burke is used as a backup point guard by Dwayne Casey. So you cannot fully blame this for that. Dwayne Casey uses him as a backup point guard in Detroit because Kate Cunningham is out for the season. So you can't fully blame this for that. But I'll say this, though. I agree with Jay Ellis. When he's played as a wing, he is highly effective. Let's go, right. as a- is highly effective as a shooter, and he will give the Knicks what they need from a shooting standpoint, and he can play decent defense when he's played correctly. And I do think with Jalen Brunson here and quickly stepping up, there is less of a chance things will play my point guard, which is what I'm hoping for. So I, I can see it. It's a gamble. I, I, I can see it. It's a gamble. I can see it. Yo, Lee, Lee, why are all the tomatoes coming from you, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm furious, bro. We just got his toy out of his hand. You want to give it back to him so he can play with his favorite toy at every position but small forward. Hell no. We just got IQ getting major time. That's a hell no. You'll never see Grimes again, bro. Grimes will be on a barrier on a bench. You have Albert starting at the two, man. That's an awful idea. I no way. No. It would have to be off the bench. <laughs> I need – I will not bench Grimes – I will not play Alec Burns at point guard. Zero <laughs> percent enthusiasm on that one. <sighs> this is why I like I re- Ryan. Yeah. He, he co-signs my BS. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I agree with Alexander. I rather have Kevin Knox. Correct. You haven't had Kevin correct. Knox. <laughs> yep, I rather have Kevin Knox because oh, at least man. I know he won't start over the guys I like. Oh, oh boy. Geez. Oh god. I mean. He's played better in Detroit, though, Kevin Knox, but he he's is. still on him. He is. He's had some really good stretches. His confidence. Yeah. It's about time. It's about time. It's about time, Kevin Knox. I hope the best for Kevin Knox, but when he was here, he wasn't it, man. <laughs> Bring out the sad man for Jay Ellis. Damn. I mean, since we're talking about bringing back former players, I mean, hell, Bullock's been – Talking about in trade. Hey, now, 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 now we mentioned it Burks. Hell, why why not bring back Frank Milikina that shit? Wait. <laughs> I don't hate Reggie Bullock, man. I don't hate Reggie. Burks over Reggie. It's possible to play him out of position. No way he plays point. Burks. O- All right, chat. Chat. One, if you would rather Burks, two if you rather Reggie. If you had to choose. Gun to your head, Burks or Reggie? I'm choosing Burks for sure. Lee got I the two. Going, I think I would go with Burks too. Oh yeah, let's bring back Damian Dotson too. Where is Damian Dotson? Yo, bring back free <laughs> Dot. God damn it, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I see Lee voting six hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuffing the ballot boxes like Republicans, bro. I'm uh... Stuffing them. <laughs> Damn, I mean, man. I mean, outside, outside of elections stuff over here. 
More people are voting for Burks, though, out of at least multiple twos. There, there you more go. People, more there you go. go. That's, that's Alexander. Alexander. <laughs> it's Alexander, bro. It's all him. <laughs> Lakes and High, we here. Oh, my yeah, God. Let's go. Lakes and High, we here. Bring it back, too. Let's bring it back. Bring <laughs> Anthony early. Bring Anthony early. Let's bring it back. We all go to the strip club, bro. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, man. You know what I'm in the mood for? Moody A. Bring it back, <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> Lua Munson. Oh, man. Damn. Yeah, Glamour. Glamour. Oh, I thought it was cool. Glamour. Glamour said, I guess I'm dying because I ain't bringing back neither. <laughs> <laughs> I I so Yo, you know who we should bring back? Alexei Zved. Yo, bring it back. He's a bucket. He's a bucket. Bring it back. He was a bucket. Love yeah, he, yeah, he did get some buckets though. He did. We got sand too late. Isozo. I still don't know why Isozo they work out, dog. I still don't know. <laughs> yeah. I still don't know what happened to him. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> going through all the Knicks classics, man. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Shout out to all the Knicks AR team, ARP team. Yeah. Shout out to the Knicks ARP squad. All the guys are retired. Shout out to you guys. All right. Yeah. Derek Williams, all you guys. <sighs> back to me. We were in Atlanta tonight. We might as well just call up to the front office and say, Landry Fields, come back down. <laughs> Yo, man, my God, Landry Fields, shoot up. Landry Fields, low key, looks like. Landry Fields low key looks like Quentin Grimes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like Landry Fields, I'm convinced Quentin Grimes is like Landry Fields' long lost child. Like Fields went to Texas and went wild one day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I hated Landry Fields. <laughs> Yo, Landry Fields was the man for like one year. Yeah, like the couple seasons that he just fell off. Yeah, he actually was kind of Quentin Grimes ish for one year. If we, if if we're really being honest, and we, shout we out to Terry who pointed that out on Twitter. All the young guys we could keep, we kept the wrong one. I wish we would kept Wilson Chandler. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I love Wilson Chandler, even though he was he was uh, injury prone. But I loved Wilson Chandler for sure. Love his game. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Right. Salute. Oh, I, I agree, Alexander. We should bring in Ish Smith and have him play for <laughs> what? 20-minute NBA? Ish Smith? <laughs> for his whole career, man. Ish <laughs> No, Walt Clyde Frazier loves him some Ish Smith. If we brought him back, I'm pretty sure Walt Clyde Frazier would have an Ish Smith jersey on over his suit during the post games. During the, 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 the I mean, they're on the sidelines for, like, for sure. He always oh, talks man. about Ish Smith. <laughs> loves that kid. Thanks. All right. Yo, oh, I got to send a... Ronnie Sannon, who sends a five-hour super chat. Says, Nas Reed of the Timberwolves. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I would take a shot at him. Yep. Nas Reed of the Timberwolves. Okay, okay, okay. All right. He's made a good jump this year. For sure, for sure. Oh, man. All right. Yo, good show, guys. We had a lot of fun talking. Oh, hell yeah. I'm glad to be back. That was fun. (laughs) 
How about Trey Burke? Yo. Daily says I used to have a love affair with damn Trey Burke. I used to love Trey Burke. I'm not going to hold you. I did. That was my guy. And I I liked him so much that his family liked the show. (laughs) Oh, yeah, his pops. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, his pops follow us on Instagram. He had, we had Trey Burke merch. He would, he bought a bunch and gave it out to his family. Yo, shout out to the, the Burke family, man. They still follow me on Instagram. Shout out to you, those guys. This this joke officially died when Almighty Finesse said Brain Bat Fizdale. Joke is dead, bro. Bruh. <laughs> too far. Uh, we we too don't far. want them years back. We too don't soon. want them years back. Too soon. Nah. Higher Tibbs. No Fizdale. Bring back Mike Miller. Yes. Yes. That was my guy. I, I always liked Mike Miller. Even though too, he, he had some clunky lineup where he had who did he have? Who who's the dude that we got from the Clippers? He had some weird lineup one time. Mo Harkless. Huh? Yeah, Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless. Yeah, he had Mo Harkless in some weird lineup that was dumb. But um other than that. He won so many more games, and the offense actually looked fluid, and his out of timeouts were good. I really liked him. I thought he should have been a head coach somewhere. And Yo, honestly, Frank Nillikin looked the best under Mike Miller, to be honest. That's a fact. He did. Chris Copeland? Yo, I want Chris Copeland to come on the show low-key, man. <laughs> yeah. Chris Copeland be out there. Come on, KOT, man. I want some NBA players on the show. That's yeah, the next fact. step. That's the next Definitely step for us. I'm fact. trying to get some NBA players on here. All right. Yeah. All right, yo. All right, memory lane over. That is our show. If you like this show so far, hit that like button, subscribe button. We're here after every game. Maybe we can come up with some more wing players that we can bring here. I, I kind of like talking about that after the show just to break up all the monotony. I feel like we talked about like a, about 13 of them by now, though. I don't know, I don't know who's left. <laughs> Oh, we next time we, we need to get him to pee. Next time we'll go more into depth with uh, PJ Washington because we didn't really talk about him that much. So we'll uh, we'll get into him next time. Yo, JL, you just gave me a great idea, man. What if we had like past shitty Knicks on the show, like ter- like <laughs> like Clarence Weatherspoon, Michael Doliak, like and just oh, like man, Michael Doliak, Michael Doliak. I mean, I've heard that name so long, man. That would be fun, no, bro. Like, Lee, Lee. On the show. No, Lee, you're packaging <laughs> it wrong. This is, this is, I love Lee, but this is why I, I have to be the face. All right. Cause Lee's too great. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's legends, Lee. Nick's legends. <laughs> former Nick's greats. There we go. Former, former Nick's, Nick's greats. greats. Yes. All right. Former Nick's greats. Yes. <laughs> this is not how- this is not how we pitching it to them, all right? <laughs> Jeez, Lee, man. Oh, man. First up, Aaron Aflalo. Aaron Aflalo. Fan favorite. Thank you, Alexander. Cool. Fan favorites. Fan favorites. Thank you. Yes. Bring up bring Courtney Lee on the yes. show. Bring Courtney Lee on the show. Exactly, exactly. Hey, yo, yo, Alexander, my phone messed up. That's why I didn't... Uh, Hit you with with uh for graphics. I, I need to try to figure it out tomorrow. But uh, but yeah, now nah, we need to get some 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 um some Knicks on here so we can talk. It'd be dope if they did like a post game with us too. That would be dope. Right? That would be dope. But um, 
Yo, that's our show. If you like the show, hit the like and subscribe button. Next time, we'll try to come up with some more wings to talk about. And also, yo, if you have some guys you want to talk about, put them in the chat right now. Put them in the chat. And um, we'll next show, we'll we'll address them. We'll look them up. We'll do some research. Um, and we'll talk about them later. We'll talk about them next show. All right? <laughs> OG, we kind of talked about OG earlier. We, we can bring, we talk about him again in a little bit. Um, all right, but Lee, let him know where he can find you, sir. We dropped some great ideas and concepts this episode. I better not see any other Nits content creators jacking our swag. I'm going to come for you on Twitter. I'm going to call you out. I see it happening all the time. Y'all been stealing from a Nits time show for years, bro, and it ain't happening no more, bro. If I see our ideas being stolen, I'm coming for you and bringing all the smoke. You think fire tips is bad? Just wait, bro. Wait. Oh I'm going to assassinate God. all of y'all, bro. Find <laughs> me on Twitter. Find <laughs> me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Othello Harrington Enforcer. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. At the underscore. The show. All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> At underscore Lee Estrebito, uh on Twitter. Always talking smack. I love it, bro. <laughs> Shout out to my guy, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ryan, let me know where we can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. And I got a Whose Man's Is This? Whose Man's Is This? <laughs> In tonight's game, Tom Thibodeau challenged the call. Oh! I think with DeAndre Hunter driving to the basket. Oh, hardest thing was just backing up. Didn't touch the man. Backing up. Tom Thibodeau challenged the play. We all thought for certain this play was going to be overturned because hardest thing did not touch this man. This man was just out of control, and hardest thing backed up and moved out the way. And then the ref is going to come out and say it was a legit foul call because Hardenstein tripped him. It must have been a damn ghost. Because Hardenstein didn't trip nobody. Nothing. Who's mad? Go get your mans, man. Get, man. get your mans. <laughs> wait, wait. I, I have one. I, I have a bro moment. Oh, it's your bro, bro moment. moment. Three minutes and 14 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And it's down by 19. <laughs> Tibbs calls a timeout. <laughs> I was like, bro. We're down 19 with three minutes left. What's the timeout? Bruh. We got to talk about what you've done, all right? We got slapped. It was unbelievable, bro. I was laughing my ass <laughs> Blown out calling a timeout. What are you saying to him? It's like, yo, we got to stop the momentum. We got to stop the momentum. <laughs> oh, man. ISO, that'll solve everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. Oh, oh gosh. Whose man's is this tea? Available now. Go to nickatomshow.com slash catalog for your whose man's is this t-shirt. In black and white and blue and orange to match your black and white and blue and orange KOT snapbacks. Whose man's is this? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We done for real now. <laughs> yeah. That is our show. Ryan G, let them know where they can find you, sir. Oh, I already told them. Oh, you told them? I'm, I got distracted. I got distracted. All right. <laughs> um, 
Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Well, you already know, man. You know what the deal is. You can follow. Get those snapbacks at nicktimeshow.com slash catalog. All you got to do is go to nicktimeshow.com and hit that catalog button. Boom. Merch right there. Follow us at on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DKLT Show on Twitter, The Nick of Time Show on Instagram, and The Nick of Time Show on Facebook. Also, listen to us, listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts. That is SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, you can listen to the KOT Show. All right, all right, all right. Cool, cool, cool. Good show, guys. Good show. Good show. And y'all check out the merch. Get that KOT snapback. All right. That is our show. And as always, shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. Mess out here on these Knicks, YouTube, and Twitter streets. That is our show. We out this. Peace. New York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams.